Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. with my Colts. We're going to get into that in a minute. What is wrong with the Baltimore Orioles? The Baltimore Orioles are having a great year. They are one of the fantastic stories of Major League Baseball. They have risen from the proverbial dead. Back in the day, the Baltimore Orioles used to be really good. The Baltimore Orioles are the last team that I know of that had four 20-game winners. Dotson, Cuellar, Palmer, McAnally. I remember it like it was yesterday. They had four 20-game winners. Now, all of a sudden, my friend Kevin Brown, the announcer for the Baltimore Orioles, is in trouble. He's suspended. Why, you ask? Did he, I don't know, make a slur? No. Racist comment? No. Insensitive comment? No. Didn't do any of the things that we can't wait to jump down the throat of people. No, he didn't do any of You know what he did? He set up a game. Uh, in Tropicana Field against the Tampa Bay Rays by talking about the series and how the struggles have been there in Tropicana Field for the Orioles. That's what Kevin Brown did. Here's what Kevin Brown said, and this got him suspended. I want you to listen to this closely. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've Already clicked. So there you at least go. We're going to series, Winning two uh, of the first three. All right, and they you can, can cut it off. I don't know. We got it going on again. I think. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he just repeated himself. But that's what got the guy suspended. Oreo ownership. Angelos, what are you doing? You've embarrassed yourself. You've got one of the great young announcers. And as many, including Gary Cohn of the Mets, said, if you don't want him, 29 other teams will take him because Kevin Brown is terrific. I've worked with Kevin Brown. Work with him damn near every Friday night for a year over at the uh, ESPN, and he is a great dude, not a mean bone in his body. Sarcastic, yes, but that wasn't even sarcastic. He and Jason Benetti are the two best young announcers in Major League Baseball, maybe in all of sport, and you tell me, we can play that back 7,622 times. And you know what's going to happen? You're not going to find anything that anybody should get suspended for, not a single thing. 
And they suspended Kevin Brown for it. I'm anxious to see what happens. Uh, For some reason, this is a big deal. Who goes and debates Skip Bayless on Undisputed? Shannon Sharp, who was awful at the job, became a martyr, became a much, I guess, sought-after media personality. He was horrible, absolutely horrible. Well, guess what? Now there is a new one. And the new one is Richard Sherman, who, look, I'm sure the show's going to be great because Skip carries it, but Sherman is awful on Amazon. But Sherman is opinionated, and there is history between the two, which I like. Listen to this. This is a little history. Richard Sherman at 24 telling grown men what to do because, well, he's a football player. That's what I leave it up to. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Skip can say whatever he wants, but... Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address, address me as all pro Stanford graduate, because those are some accomplishments you will never, you can aspire to, you will never accomplish. You have never accomplished anything. So, but um, those things are on my resume. Those are, those are what I've done. It's my second year in the NFL, going on my third. I mean, you tell me who's wrong. Okay, I'll accept that. I think I've accomplished more in my field than you have in yours, though you're just getting started. So, so I'm, I'm the top of my field, so I'm all pro. I'm the best, one okay. of the best 22 players in the NFL. You're, you're going to brush it off, but I don't think you're the best 22 anything in sports and in, in media and well, anything. I think you debatable. think more of yourself than you actually can, you know, prove. But okay. I'll, Do you think you're like better than Darrell like Revis is right now? In my, in my 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Good for Richard Sherman. In 24 years of life, I've done life better than you. You got to remember, Richard Sherman is the guy, at least with the Indy Star. Every time you criticize him when he acted like an idiot uh, with Aaron Andrews, you had to remind people how smart he is. Our guy, Greg Doyle. Well, he's really smart. (laughs) Okay. Good for him. Then don't act like an idiot. Uh, It'll be fun. It's interesting. The media fawns over Sherman. Of course, Skip Bayless is one of the 22 best at what he does. In fact, he is the best at what he does. Uh, I would say Stephen A. Smith is second, but that's really the only two that do what they do. So, you know, what are you going to do? But Richard Sherman, old foes, joining Undisputed, should make for some pretty good TV. All right. I have told you this, I have told you this, and I have told you this. I'm going to even call out our own guy, Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer got into it with me about Frank Reich as an elite coach, and I just laughed at him. I did. I'm sorry. I just laugh at guys that never played, never coached. They don't know. But Glazer, seemingly a good guy. We actually have the same agent. Tried to tell me that Frank Reich was an elite coach. Well, obviously, that didn't turn out so good. Frank Reich was a complete blank show. And it's not just me saying it. No, it's not. It's Matt Ryan, longtime NFL good guy. He put out yesterday in an interview that his last 18 months, including the stint with the Colts, was a complete blank show. Starts with S, ends with T. And I've told you this forever. The Colts are a complete blank show. They are the worst. The media fawns like Glazer over Reich. The media actually said that the general manager of the Colts, Chris Ballard, was the best GM in football. He might possibly be the worst. Now, I'm the only one that have said this. The never played, never coached, fawning media in Indianapolis will tell you these guys are all great. I told you walking behind Oliver Luck in London and Wembley Stadium how much he was pissed off about Pagano and the way he coached the team. Guess what? 
Andrew Luck predictably quit, walked out, quit on a regime in the middle of his career because Andrew Luck, and ask anybody, including Ryan Grigson on our show, did not like to be coached by frauds. He was, he walked. Now, former Atlanta Falcons and Colts quarterback is eager to get his new career as a game analyst. I mean, it was a blank show. You know, it was a blank show for 18 months. Best uh, best way to describe it, but I think everyone in our family handled it well. Came out of it stronger in a really good spot. Okay, well, the Colts had luck. He walked out on this regime. He didn't walk out on Grigson. He walked out on Pagano, and he walked out on Ballard. Just saying, facts be facts. Colts signed a quarterback, Phillip Rivers, $25 million, gave him the ball. One year, 11-5, and five, pretty good. Lost in the playoffs because Rivers couldn't throw the ball, but they wanted him back. Rivers said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to coach football and my kids. Rivers did not want to come back. The list is full, including last year, Stephen Gilmore. Stephen Gilmore came in. Oh, my God, the leadership. The leadership. Incredible leadership, all we heard. You got a guy in here, Stephon Gilmore. I had Quiddy Pay, a nondescript lineman for the Colts, correct me. It's Stefan. Who's Steven? Oh, shut up. But anyway, Stefan Gilmore couldn't get out of here quick enough, traded for a fifth-round pick. And now Matt Ryan. Look, Matt Ryan's fault, 14-13, touchdowns to interceptions, but I would argue Matt Ryan had no chance. See, players are stupid. Players listen to what they want to listen to. All anybody's got to do is call me and say, Dan, why do you think the Colts are a blank show? I'll tell you why. There's no accountability in the building. Now, apparently, according to my friend Kent Sterling, there is accountability. Shane Steichen is doing things that have not been done in that building under the Saturday slash Reich regime. Hold people accountable. Be on time. Do things right. Do things hard. Do things like you've been coached. See, Ballard, the general manager, is all about PR, and it's worked for him. He's got an under 500 record, not close, no division titles, has not won a single thing, has not brought a home game in the playoffs in the easiest division in football, maybe in the history of football, to Indianapolis, yet he's in his seventh year. Why? Don't know. Other than nobody, and I mean nobody, handles PR better than Chris Ballard. He's totally full of crap totally condescending to a fawning media. And the other thing is, when you have guys like Stephen Holder at ESPN, who's been there 10 years and has never broken a story, you have some little kid named James Boyd with The Atlantic. Nobody knows who James Boyd is. He walks around camp with high tops, no socks, looking like a 12-year-old, writes like a 12-year-old. You got to pay for these guys at the Indy Star. Uh, It was described to me on my podcast with Kent Sterling as a bunch of little kids sitting around not having a clue what they're doing. There was a guy named Zach Kiefer, who I actually taught at Indiana, was a brown-nosing kiss-ass then, and is a brown-nosing kiss-ass now. And you have to pay for Colts coverage. I've told for years and years and years, this is a blank show. I've been ripped for years and years and years by local media and local blogger boys. Well... You can rip me all you want, but I got to tell you, I've been spot on, and I'm always going to be spot on. They hired a meanie, or excuse me, they hired a meanie, Ryan Grigson, went from 2-14 and 14 to 11-5. and five. They fired a meanie, 
went from not having a loss, a losing season in the Meanies' career, six years, hired a soft, acquiescing, overcorrection media PR guy in Chris Ballard, and I said it at the time, be careful what you wish for, don't mess around with losing, and the Colts haven't done squat, and players of substance don't want to play there. It's just the way it is. By the way, speaking of the Colts, they talk about horseshoe guy. I don't know if you knew this, but Chris Lamons has been suspended for a couple games, signed by the Colts. He was involved in that idiotic jump-a-guy brawl. He's a gutless turd, Chris Lamons, because he jumped in with Alvin Kamara in a brawl, two, three-on-one on a guy. So Chris Lamons, who the Colts side, is a gutless turd, but... He's not the biggest gutless turd associated with the Colts right now. That would be Rodney Thomas Jr., a seventh-round pick out of Yale's father, Rodney Thomas. The 50-year-old decided it was a good idea to kill a bald eagle, a protected species, in a neighborhood that loved the bald eagle. This guy is so stupid that he decided to get out a gun and kill a bald eagle. That's the level of stupid the Colts have on their team. Even though Rodney Thomas Jr. somehow, some way, got into Yale and got through Yale. I don't know how. You can figure that out because his dad's an idiot. And to make it even worse, Rodney Thomas Jr.'s father, old 50-year-old Rodney, uh, doesn't have enough money even though his son is an NFL player. So our tax money has to go to a public defender defending this dumbass. That's the Colts in a nutshell. There they are. Rodney Thomas Jr. Yeah, good for you, R.T. Jr., your daddy, Rodney Thomas. Just go get a gun and shoot a bald eagle. On our lake right here, I saw eight bald eagles uh, last summer. I got a picture somewhere on a phone, but unfortunately that phone is at the bottom of the lake (laughs) because it fell in. Hey, speaking of another genius, these NFL guys are such jackasses, and the people around them are even worse. NFL star, big mouth, instigator, pain in the backside, Aqib Tlaib. This is a shocker. His brother, Yaquib, was sentenced to 37 years in jail after pleading guilty to murdering another youth football coach in an on-field fight between teams in 2022. Now, how this clown only gets 37 years... I don't know. Maybe it's affirmative action. I don't know. But the idiot on the right, excuse me, Akeem Tlaib was sentenced to 37 years in prison due to a murder charge for the fatal shooting of a youth football coach. These idiots got mad on the field at a little kid's football game. And old Yaquib decided to pull out his piece, man. I got my strap with me. I got one in the hole, people. And I'm going to put a cap in his ass. And America's dumbest football player, Akeem Tlaib, that's his brother. Good for the Tlaib family. You keep representing, yo. It's every day with these dumbasses. It is literally every stinking day with football playing dumbasses. Oh, here's another one. First round pick, Amon Arnett gets a fine and community service for a plea agreement in an assault case. You go. Damon, Damone, yeah, you go get him, kid. Yeah, you got a plea agreement. Good for you, man. (laughs) Hey, here's one from the ownership. 
The NFL is just beautiful. So now we got an owner, Javier Loya. He's a 1% owner of the uh, Houston Texans. So this idiot, what does he do? He goes into Kentucky, and allegedly, he's got one count of first-degree rape. He's got one count of third-degree sexual assault. So this guy is facing pretty serious charges, right? Apparently, the team and everybody knew about it. So old, uh, I don't know this guy, Moya, is going to take a little bit of a leave from a- of absence because, well, he's facing rape and he's facing third-degree sexual assault charges. Now, the team was notified, so this guy is apparently uh, out of the way. He owns a 1% uh, stake in the club, which, hey, look, uh-oh. Uh, that ain't that ain't bad. Uh, I don't know. Now they're mad because the warrant was concealed by the Texans and the NFL for nearly three months. Good for them. Why you got to say everything? Who you got to say it to? Like, who are you supposed to say it to? So you get a warrant on a guy. You're supposed to just tell what? You're supposed to tell Mike Florio? What, are you supposed to run to Mike Tirico? What, are you supposed to run to old Peter King? What are you supposed to do? Hey, I'd conceal the living hell out of it, too. And if you guys are mad about it, be mad about it. Care? I don't care. What do we care? Well, you know, it impacts. Good, it impacts. Conceal the living crap out of it. Are you out of your mind? Serious business. I mean, what, are you insane? (laughs) Jeez. Everybody, everybody, it's not what he did. It's how you handled it. These dudes, my ass. Hey, look, conceal the living hell out of it for all I care. Doesn't matter to me. But this dude is facing some serious, serious charges. And he needs to be away from the NFL. He needs to be somewhere where he's not influenced. But so do all these clowns. So do all these players, Alvin Kamara and Damon Arnett and Rodney Thomas's dad. Jeez. The Hall of Fame... The Hall of Fame ratings are in. This is what you don't understand. All right? People will watch crap as long as it's football crap. All right? They will. They'll watch crap. The Hall of Fame game, millions tuned in for the Jets and Browns. The Jets and the Browns game on uh, NBC, I think it was, drew a huge number, 6.3 million. It's the most watched Hall of Fame game since 2018. You know, people always say, well, why don't they put more basketball games on? Basketball more than football. I don't want to watch a Hall of Fame game. I want to watch Duke and Kentucky. Or I want to watch Duke and North Carolina. You know what that rates? Like a two. Basketball rates poorly. Like a two. There's so much of it on. Football gets you a 10 for the Pro Bowl, for crying out loud. Six million, over six million watching that slop the other day. Don't try it. Look, I'm a basketball guy. I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball, but I understand, man, football is king. And if you don't think it is, I can't help you. Well, I love basketball. Man, Duke Carolina's greatest rivalry in sports. Yeah, maybe so. Nobody's watching. Uh, Nobody's watching. Oh, hey, Tim Anderson, he started talking. Tim Anderson's talking. Tim Anderson got himself decked, uh, as they say. Got himself knocked the out. Got himself absolutely knocked 
the hell out. I mean, he got knocked the hell out. Keep kicking me when I down. Been going through this stuff for a minute. Oh, yeah. We staying focused. You know all this happens for a reason. Yeah, because you've been acting like a jackass. So you got knocked out. Look, it is not new that jackasses get knocked out. It's as old as time. The picture bigger. Hope you picking up what I'm pulling down too. Y'all got me blanked up for, for real, for real. Okay, for real, for real. <laughs> Man, I just laugh. You got knocked out. And hey, look, you stood up, you threw hands, it didn't go for you. That's all you got to say. Uh, you know, I stood up, we threw hands, he got me. It's obvious he can't take a punch. It's obvious. It's too bad. But look, you tried. You tried, you tried, you tried. You squared off. Everybody got out of the way. Let's let these two children throw hands at second base. Well, guy got you with a lucky punch. That's all you got to say. The picture bigger. Yeah, the bigger picture, the picture bigger. Hope you picking up what I'm putting down too. Y'all got me effed up. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yes, we do, Timmy. All I know is this. Dude, you might still be wobbly. You got knocked the blank out. Whenever your shoulders, I said this yesterday, are behind your heels and you're trying to walk, you're either drunk as hell or you got knocked the F out. Hey, look, everybody's been punched. I got punched by Daryl Collins in eighth grade. I did. Got drilled. I handled it. What are you going to do? We talked about this yesterday, but Kenyon Middleton of the White Sox, speaking of the White Sox, kind of explains what's going on with the Chai Sox. Like, I love the Cubs. I do. I love the Cubs. I I do. I think the Cubs are great. I'm a massive Cub fan. I love the Cubs. But I'm also a White Sox fan. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm a big Ron Kittle fan. He went to my high school for a year or two. But you're not going to win this way. This is what a former pitcher says now that he got traded. We came in with no rules. I don't know how you police the culture if there are no rules or guidelines to follow because everyone is doing their own thing. Like, how do you say anything about it? Because there are no rules. You have rookies sleeping in a bullpen during the games. You have guys missing meeting. You have guys missing pitcher fielding practice. There are no consequences for any of this stuff. That's Kenyon Middleton on his former team's lack of culture. Well, he knows. I don't know. People are asking me. I don't know. I mean, who knows? But anyway, back to the Tim Anderson Ramirez fight. Tim Anderson got suspended six games. Ramirez got suspended three. The closer, Manuel Classi, got one game. The manager, Pedro Griffol, got one game. Diversity hire. Terry Francona got one game. Third base coach, Mike Sarbaugh, got one game. So not only did Tim Anderson get knocked out, but he got suspended more than the guy who knocked him out. It's pretty funny. Man, that's a bad week. 
That's a really, really bad week. Hey, Elon Musk may require surgery, he says, before his fight with Zuckerberg can happen. Immediately, people think that Elon Musk is ducking the fight. If I were Musk, I would duck the fight. There's no reason for grown men to fight. You don't need the money. You certainly don't need the humiliation. You certainly don't need to get in the ring. Uh, Simply go get surgery. Go get a titanium jaw. Go get yourself, if you do need surgery, go get yourself steel in the abs because the stomach punch hurts worse than the head punch. Man, I remember boxing as a kid. We used to box all the time, and I didn't like the stomach punch. Stomach punch hurt. Shot to the head, this thing is iron. I could be Dan Ironhead Hayward, rest Craig Ironhead Hayward's soul. I could be Dan Ironhead Hayward with this glava, but I got to tell you, the stomach. Go get yourself some abs of steel. I don't think he's ducking. Maybe he does need surgery. Who knows, man? Uh, but I would say this. <laughs> I would say don't do it. Isn't Zuckerberg like some fighter or something? Yeah. He's a tzitzu guy. Uh, Southwest Airlines is sued for allegedly accusing a white mom of trafficking a biracial daughter. Yeah, this ain't good. Come on. What are we doing? Lawsuit alleges uh, the police whisked Mary McCarthy and her biracial daughter aside for questioning. She's suing them for blatant racism after an employee allegedly assumed she was trafficking her 10-year-old biracial daughter. She was traveling to Denver from L.A. for her older brother's funeral. Shortly after landing, she and her daughter, Maria, were whisked away for police questioning after an employee flagged the duo as suspicious. They allege that an airport employee called Denver police while the duo was still en route to the destination and reported McCarthy for sex trafficking. As the pair walked down the jet bridge, police stopped him. The lawsuit alleges there was no basis to stop Miss McCarthy was trafficking her daughter. The only basis for the Southwest employee's call was the belief that Miss McCarthy's daughter could could not possibly be her daughter because she's a biracial child. Yeah, there's more to this story. Biracial kids everywhere, white kids, black mom, whatever, black kids, white mom, whatever. There's more to this story. I guarantee you there's more to this story. Southwest Airlines is going to settle with this woman, so it's not going to come out. But I will guarantee you, I guarantee you, there is more to this story. There's always more to this story. Airline people don't want to call the police. Airline people don't want to believe there's sex trafficking. They don't. I'll bet you money there's more. We're not allowed to say that, right, because we're supposed to just side with the lawsuit lady, the victim. But I'll bet you dollars to donuts there's a hell of a lot more to this story. And I guarantee you also Southwest Airlines doesn't want this to go any farther, any, any farther, because they just want to settle. Just saying. Uh, Martina Navratilova, I, I don't get this. Women's tennis is turning a lacking stock because of these policies prioritizing the mental health and identity of men over women who have discovered a love for tennis. Women are calling us and begging us, begging us for help to be allowed to play fairly. They have complained. They don't know where else to turn. Men or women titles taking the place of women on tennis teams competing in women's tournaments across the country. We need to let, we need to let the women and girls playing tennis know they deserve 
They deserve to be treated fairly and recognized for their accomplishments no matter when they pick up the sport. They do not have to reach. They are already a category for, there is already a category for male athletes to enjoy. Let female athletes enjoy tennis. Male tennis player Alicia Rowley is the latest women's national tennis champion, winner of the cover to ball. She won the women's 55 and plus. Jeez. It's unbelievable. What kind of man wants to do that? What kind of man wants to sit in there and play and compete against women? I mean, Billie Jean King, what is wrong with you, Billie Jean King? Billie Jean King wants it to happen. Gives a crap about Billie Jean King. You know what I mean? Come on. Billie Jean King, out of it, so she wants dudes to play because it makes her look inclusive. Makes her look stupid. Martina Navratilova, women's tennis is not for failed male athletes, whatever age. This is not right and it's not fair. Would this be allowed at the U.S. Open this month just with self-ID? I don't think so. I feel like a woman today. I'm going to go play women's tennis. I feel like a woman today. I want to be in a women's prison even though I rape, you know, women as a dude. What is wrong with people? Serious business. What in the Sam and Henry is wrong with people? Uh, I don't have the answer. Last time I had her on, Ryan McEnany, who is the mar- is a marketing and brand communication specialist. She knocked it out of the park. Her sister, as you remember, Kaylee, was the press secretary for Donald Trump. She's got thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan McEnany. McEnany. Next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Last time we had her on, she knocked it out of the park. Former Florida athlete, current digital and communication strategist. Jeez, I can't even speak this morning. I'm so excited about watching Aaron Boone get thrown out and act like a crazy man last night. I don't know what to do. Anyway, Ryan McInerney joins us. Ryan, I got to ask you, uh, Trump indictments. He's saying it's a badge of honor. You believe that? You think so? Absolutely. It's a badge of honor. Um, you know, he he's fighting for our country. He's fighting for the everyday man and woman, um, the American citizen. And, and we've seen that uh, for years. He, he loves this country um, more than anything. And, you know, it is a badge of honor. And the bottom line is that he's just getting stronger. Um, and, and I hope the left sees that, um, you know, he's getting stronger and Joe Biden's getting weaker And, you know, back in June, actually, uh, there was a meeting between Obama and Biden, and Obama actually warned uh, Biden about how much stronger this process would would make Trump politically. And, you know, Biden's campaign strategy is, I want to be the most powerful man in the world, but I want to be behind the scenes and in the back and hiding behind the news of Trump. 
Um, and so it, that's his strategy. That's his type of leadership. Um, and, and just to compare that to the fighter that we see in Donald Trump is is just uh, very different. One of the interesting comparisons, I thought this was fascinating. Look, Donald Trump came out after the U.S. women's national team lost, and he was like, yeah, I love the women that stood up, but that purple-haired woman, get her out of here. And then Joe and Jill Biden wanted to give juice boxes like they were team moms, like it's not actually competition. You know what I mean? And they talked about how proud they were. What are, what are we, in fifth grade here? Actually, in fifth grade, we went 49-1, and one, and the game we lost, we were pissed, so it's not even fifth grade. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, I love that Trump fired back and I loved that he he called out Megan. Um, he said, nice shot, Megan. Um, but, you know, I don't feel bad for her because she in the past has called herself a walking protest. Um, she said that I think this was back in 2019, um, that she would never go to the effing White House if she was to win um, the World Cup with her team. Um, she said that she probably will never sing the national anthem again. Um, and this is what Biden's view is of you make our country proud. Uh, even last year, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from the Biden administration. And so just to compare that to um, to Trump and his view on what it means to, um, you know, disrespect the flag and the anthem. It, again, it's leadership styles. And I'm glad I'm, I'm on the Trump train and on the Trump side. Yeah, I am too. You know, you you've put on your uh, Twitter handle MAGA. Do you? How much hell do you catch for that? I here's let me let me back up. Make America great again. The words make people nuts, but if we're looking at what's actual in this country, what's going on in this country in every area, whether it's the economy, inflation, go to go get a a can of paint like my wife did yesterday. She came home. Oh my God. Whether it's the border, you name it, this is going to hell. Make America great again resonates more than it ever has, I would argue. Yeah, and it's a shame that the left has made MAGA, um, you know, that phrase, something negative. Uh, what's crazy is that Ronald Reagan um, used that phrase, make America great again. I actually was just recently watching the Trump documentary and it showed uh, Bill Clinton using that same phrase, make America great again. But Donald Trump says it and all of a sudden it's tarnished. Um, and, and you're right. What is so wrong about making America great again? Um, it, it's again, just the left trying to politicize things and, and make Trump look horrible in any way, shape or form. Do you think it is going to be possible? I understand it's a badge of honor, but I want to go back to the indictments. These indictments are pretty serious. They were done by a grand jury. It's going to be hard to win an election if you're in jail. Now, maybe I'm looking at this too simplistically, but what do you see happening here? You know, it's interesting, and there's a very interesting poll um, that was conducted by Scott Rasmussen, um, which is that the most... Um, the most Republicans, 65 percent, the majority believe that Trump won in 2020. Uh, but the reverse is also true because the majority of Democrats, 60 percent, believe that the winner of the 2016 election was Clinton. And so, you know, this is not uncommon that that a former president is questioning the election results. I mean, look at what we have seen in the last few months uh, with all the Hunter Biden laptop scandal stories that have come out and that have been proven to be true. I mean, 
I would question it too. And I, I don't blame him for questioning the election results. Um, I think he's a, a citizen with free speech. Uh, he's allowed to say anything he wants. Um, and, and the left is just using this against him. But you know what? I think the American people are smarter than the left, with, smarter than the, the Democrats, the mainstream media. Um, and, and I do believe that Trump will win in a landslide victory. I do. You know, Ryan, I grew up in an area, Gary, Indiana, Northwest Indiana, uh, where voter fraud literally came to my house. Uh -huh. uh, one of my dad's friends was running for, I don't know, mayor or something of Gary, and he wanted to sign up our empty lot that was between my house and our neighbor's house. He wanted to sign it up and get votes from the empty lot. And my dad's like, yo, we don't own it. Mr. Melham owns it over here. So I've seen it firsthand, the guy that taught me how to shoot a jump shot, basically getting me a scholarship to Indiana University, is currently in Mallorca, uh, Mallorca uh, Greece, Mykonos, I'm sorry, Mykonos, Greece, after being not only charged but indicted and convicted as an East Chicago City Councilman, he was going to jail. He got out of there, is a Greek citizen now, Interpol doesn't get him. So I've seen voter fraud literally. So to say and to be so incredulous that there might be voter fraud is insane to me. Of course there is. Yeah, exactly. And there's President Trump, he worked so hard. Um, I remember being on the campaign trail and going to all the different rallies, different states, interviewing so many different men and women, um, you know, who would stand in line uh, all day. Some some even slept there overnight just to see the man. And, you know, that's a testament to, to him and and how much of a fighter he is and how much he loves our country. I mean, the people love him. And so I don't blame him for questioning election results. You have Biden, who, you know, essentially didn't campaign at all last time. Um, he just sat in his basement. Um, and I, I love when Trump said, you know, he does the little circles at his rallies. I don't know if you remember seeing that video, but he had a car rally President Biden had a car rally and there were like 10 people there all sitting in a little yeah. like a little circle on the ground. Um, but my point in bringing that up is just the, to compare Biden and Trump. And, you know, Biden never has had a turnout uh, as as big as Trump. And so uh, I believe Trump won the election um, might be an unpopular opinion from for some. But um, but again, I don't blame him for questioning those results. Why do you think uh, why? Or, or let me ask you a question. When the Hunter Biden Department of Justice plea agreement was thrown out by the judge, it was incredulous, like an incredulous judge. She's like, what the hell is this? I've, this, is, this is ridiculous. Why do you think the media just protects this? Why, why do you think Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, not Joe, I get it. Joe's their guy. But why is Hunter Biden so protected by mainstream media? You know, I don't know. I wish they gave that same protection to, to Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump, one of those kids uh, of Trump's. Um, but I don't know. I think I think when they expose Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's in there somewhere doing something wrong in the past. Um, and and I, I do believe it in the deep state. I believe it exists. Um, I think they all have each other's back and, you know, if they were to expose Hunter Biden and talk about it, then, you know, Joe Biden is going to be taken down as well. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. It's just a shocker to me that this is what we do. It's just shocking to me how protective they are of this guy who has done so much. All right, last thing uh, before I let you go. Where does DeSantis fit in to this election? You know, I, I love DeSantis. I'm a Floridian. I, I love his leadership, especially during the COVID era. He was such a great governor and, and is a great governor. Um, I always like to say, look, he's a rising star. Um, you know, he's a, a young buck who has a, a thriving career that's only going to continue to thrive. Um, but I just feel like Trump has some unfinished business. Um, you know, we're we're all rooting for him because we see what how horrible they treated him. Um, and I want Trump to to be in the White House again and to have the greatest four years that he can have. Um, but, you know, I do believe there's time for DeSantis in the future. I really do. Um, I'm selfish. I, I want him to stay in Florida as a Floridian. And so, um, you know, he's a rising star. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating. It, re it really is. And I oh, cannot yeah. imagine under any circumstances, right? I, I can't imagine that they're going to try to trot a two-year-older Joe Biden out there. I got to think that Newsom, I got to think there's somebody, there's no way you can trot this guy out there. He can't even think right now. I don't even know where the hell he is right now. <laughs> you know, I really like RFK Jr. I'm going to say that. I do. Me too. Uh, if I had to get a Democrat in office, um, he would be my choice. Uh, but, you know, Trump's my my choice, my my number one pick. But if we had to get a Democrat in office, I'm I'm kind of a fan of him. I agree. I, I agree. I like I like what I hear out of him. Uh, I like Vivek. I, I, I think it's going to yeah. be an interesting, hopefully a very interesting debate. I hope Mike Pence, who actually I worked at the same radio station, I hope Mike Pence just steps aside. The whole Pence thing, he, he, being from Indiana, I, I don't have the same affinity for Pence that you have uh, for DeSantis as a governor. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I, I love Pence. He's a man of God, uh, a man of faith. And um, but again, I think uh, I think Trump's got it in the bag. I think he's going to be our guy. And, um, you know, I wish the best for both of them. That's because you're a very nice person. Me, on the other <laughs> hand, uh, I'm a disgusting you know, human being. No. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Oh, I love having her on. She's right. I mean, look, Trump sits out there and he puts it out. And what he says is, I don't know. I'm sure he's lied about personal stuff. But what he says about what's going on in the world is always seemingly accurate. It's amazing to me. I got more video and it's coming up here, maybe towards the end of the show, about a mother who just could not believe the lie. And she did it in front of Congress that Joe Biden told her. When her son died in Afghanistan, Joe Biden, I, I don't understand people. All right, this has always been a weird story. There's a guy named Blake Martinez. I want you to follow this story a little bit. He, he quit the NFL. He became a Pokemon dealer. Huh? I remember being in a restaurant and my daughter was like seeing Pokemon all over the place. I don't get it all. But he was booted off the Pokemon marketplace as his employee is accused of defrauding collectors. And Martinez says, I know how it looks. 
Former NFL star, I don't know if he was a star, Blake Martinez has been permanently banned from reselling Pokemon cards on whatnot over scamming collectors, per this website. Martinez, retired from the NFL to do this, has nearly 20 full-time staff members working for him, made $11.5 million in revenue in less than a year, and now Martinez's employees, apparently they've been doing some scamming, or at least allegedly been doing some scamming. All right. Hey, look, I always said, if you can make, if you can make, I guess, $11.5 million selling cards, good for you. But don't scam people. Don't be scamming nobody. Don't have your employees scamming nobody. That ain't right. That ain't right. Don't do it. Hey, by the way, get to YouTube. Go to YouTube.com. You can find me. I've been putting out. I've been putting out the link, like, subscribe, do all that happy horse bleep. Uh, It's only the polite thing to do. It is. It's the polite thing to do. You like, you subscribe. That's it. Period. Period. That's what you do. Why aren't you? You should already have done it. Like and subscribe. Be my leader. Be my leader, please. It's time to get on back on YouTube and get that thing going again. I don't know what happened. Uh, Terrence Crawford, great boxer. His mother paid kids to beat him up. That's right. His mom paid kids, paid him cash. She felt it would help him become the pound-for-pound boxing sensation that he is. Now, i got to ask you, Jennifer and others, men and women, on our YouTube chat, would you ever pay someone to beat up your kid? Like Isaiah Thomas's mother made him go back outside and face the bullies that were trying to beat him up as he came home from school. That's a famous story. The problem now, where Isaiah lives, southwest side of Chicago, they wouldn't be throwing hands. They'd be shooting guns. That's what happens on the south side of Chicago. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think I'm paying anybody to beat the hell out of my kid. Now, I may put him in boxing classes. I may put him... uh, I don't know, age groups up, so he gets the hell beat out of them. Hey, but good for Mama Crawford. Good for Mama Crawford because Mama Crawford said, hey, look, dude, come here. Here's a hot 20. Beat the living hell out of Terrence. Make him fight back. Well, Terrence Crawford is pound for pound. Uh, You can make an argument the best fighter in boxing today. Uh, A college football player, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Devontae... It's always the same guys. You, you ever notice this? It's always the same guys. It's always like, well, you know what? If you're going to talk about the Raiders, then you're going to have to talk about Devontae Adams because he's talking. Josh Jacobs because he's walking. It is literally on every team the same guys. We got to listen here in Indy. To dare, uh, no, 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 Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard runs his mouth, and we got to listen to it. The other day, we had to listen to a guy named Zaire Franklin get mad at fans because, well, they were mean to Jonathan Taylor. Well, this guy, Devontae Adams, he ain't happy. He ain't happy about Josh Jacobs' absence. Well, I don't blame him. Look, here's the deal. If you're Devontae Adams... 
you left arguably the greatest quarterback of his generation, not named Tom Brady or maybe Peyton Manning in Aaron Rod- or Patrick Mahomes. I guess maybe he's not the greatest, Aaron Rodgers. And you came over to a place where they got rid of the quarterback that was your college teammate, Derek Carr. They got rid of the coach that brought you over, John Gruden. And next thing you know, you got your best running back. He ain't showing up. He ain't showing up. Yes, I, I, I did take English class. Yes, I did. I studied it, actually. I don't think I had a minor in English, but English was easy, so I took it maybe four years in college. And I'm saying words like ain't showing up. The hell's wrong with me. I ain't got no good grammar. But Devontae Adams, you know what? Devontae, he's mad. Devontae should be. And away we go. I think this stuff is cool. All right? This happened to my son, and I think this stuff is cool. All right. There's a college football player at Eastern Michigan who had been selling plasma. Plasma. Right? To get by. Well, guess what? His name is Zach Conti. And Zach Conti is a good player, a really good player. Uh, Zach Conti, well, here's the video right here. Take a look. Zach Conti has had to pay his way to school for four years. And in the fall, the guy was selling his plasma to be able to pay the bills. We're at 85 scholarships. We have 85 given out. And no matter how many times or how many years I go to the NCAA and say, yeah, but man, I'm just telling you, we need 86. We need 86. Can there any way, you know, that we can have an exception for this deal? The answer is no. You have 85. Until Brian Dooley comes into my office and he said, coach, that guy has earned it. And I've talked this this over with my family and, and the whole bit. And if there's a way to make this happen, I am willing to give up my scholarship and to give it to Zach Hunt. I've never heard, I've never seen anything like that ever before. Yeah, I like that stuff. That stuff gives me goosebumps. I think that stuff's cool. I think that stuff's really, really, really cool. I do. I think that stuff's great. You know, look, that happened to my son. They came in with cops. You can see it on YouTube. It came in with cops, said he was going to have to go down to the campus police station and accept his scholarship. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's probably like 2 million people saw it. It's pretty cool. Uh, and the way it was cool for me is I didn't have to pay $26,000 for a semester. <laughs> but good for the Conti kid. Good for Coach Creighton. Eastern Michigan's got a nice program, and that coach is doing one hell of a job. No, seriously. Uh, yeah. That, that coach is, is doing a really good job at a school that really should never win a game. That school barely, and I mean barely, should survive. That school has really struggled. But that coach has really, really done a fantastic job. All right, Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols got screwed by ESPN. Rachel Nichols got screwed by the woke, I forget her name, I don't know. She's the black, uh, what's her, Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor is the lady that screwed Rachel Nichols. We all know that. I mean, that's easy, right? So, but anyway, she's still defending the crazy folks on the left. And more importantly, as the Players Association statement pointed out, it's their labor money for NBA teams. The Orlando Magic's money that they donated to Ron DeSantis doesn't come from the Magic 
treat Elf. It came from the work of those players on the court. The fact that their work has been turned into a contribution for someone running for president who has come out with statements that they think directly oppose who they are, that is very difficult to stomach. Well, so what? How do you know where the money came from? How does she know? I mean, these dudes that own NFL or NBA teams are pretty well off. I mean, how does she know? I mean, it's amazing to me. It, it really is. It's amazing to me that folks think that they know something. Rachel Nichols don't know nothing. Rachel Nichols doesn't know her ass from third base. Rachel Nichols is simply told what to say by her political views. She doesn't know where the owner of the Orlando Magic or the Orlando Man, Orlando Magic <laughs> owner where they got their money, where they put it in, what they did with it. And if you're so upset by it, hey, look, do yourself a favor. Quit. Quit. I don't know. Quit. I mean, you know, if you guys don't like it, if you guys think it's bad, if you think it's awful, then take a walk. I mean, no biggie. I don't know. I mean, what can I tell you? Everybody want to get mad. Everybody wants to get mad. This dude, Don DeVos, is the owner. He's got billions. He's got billions. He's the son of the Amway co-founder, Richard DeVos. He's been president of DP Fox Ventures. He owns and operates Fox Motor, Fox Harley, Fox Power Sports in Michigan. They have 41 brands at 28 locations. He's a partner in real estate. He's got like $8 billion. Maybe the money came from his, the hard work and labor of his automotive company. How the hell does Rachel Nichols know? Like, if you're going to tell me, well, the money absolutely came from the sweat and labor. Sweat and labor, my ass. We all act like these players don't get paid. We all act like these players are like, well, you know, uh, God, they... They, they work so hard, and they don't get anything out of it. Really? They don't get anything out of it? All right. Hey, I'll tell you this much. I, 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 let, me, let me go through this. Hey, Jalen Suggs, take that vaunted, that vaunted Gonzaga degree and go ahead and try to make yourself, oh, I don't know, $7 million. Yeah, give it a shot. $7 million. Hey, Mo Wagner. Friend of my son, $8 million. Paolo Panchero's played one year in the league. and done squat, although he's rookie of the year. $11.6 million. Jonathan Isaac, who apparently stiffed us on our show, $17 million. Markel Fultz, $17 million. Yeah, the labor and the sweat. Hey, a guy named Goga Batazzi who stunk here, stunk with the Pacers, couldn't play dead. Got himself $2 million. Oh, the sweat, the labor. Shut up. Everybody's getting fat in the NBA. Don't act, don't act like these guys are underpaid or underappreciated. You could not pick out. I don't even think Gary Harris played and he got $13 million coming this year. Wendell Carter, $13 million this year coming. 12 next, 10 next. Stop it. Stop it, Rachel Nichols. Just shut up. What are you talking about? And if I'm DeVos and I know this is a great country, 
and I want to vote for DeSantis, you're damn right I'm giving him money. And if Jalen Suggs don't like it, hey, dude, tell you what, go put that Gonzaga degree. Yeah, that thing will get you $11 million. People are nuts. Hey, do me a favor. It's the polite thing to do is to like us. Subscribe here. Trying to get the subscriptions up to $3 million. It's coming sooner, $2 million, I guess. Anyway, Adam Carolla, I first saw him on Loveline with Dr. Drew. It's a great show. Did you know Carmen Electra was on that show? Be right back. Adam Carolla, comedy next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You want an example of why Russia's tougher than us? By the way, Adam Carolla at 1030. Listen to this. This is from at fact on Twitter. Russia didn't consider beer an alcoholic drink until 2011. It was considered a soft drink. That's right. The Ruskies. Hey, uh, uh, let me look. Um, oh, Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite. Uh, I'll have a beer. Yeah, I'll have a beer. Hey, sir, you're 10 years old. Yeah, I know. I just want a soft drink. Hey, what's going on? You got a problem with it? What's the problem? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Let's go back to the top, shall we? My friend Kevin Brown. Let's play the audio here in a second. My friend Kevin Brown, I want you to listen to this audio. He is the announcer for the Baltimore Orioles, a team, by the way, that's fun, a team, by the way, that has come out of nowhere. Kevin Brown is one of the great guys in broadcasting, and in life. Kevin Brown, Benetti, all good dudes, the best. Well, Kevin Brown got suspended by the Baltimore Orioles as their play-by-play guy for this opening to a game. You will not believe it. Listen closely and tell me if you think there is anything wrong with any of this. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've Already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th. 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. Huh? We got Skip in there. I ain't mad at it. That is what Kevin Brown got suspended for setting up a game 
based on factual history. The Oreos didn't like it. It was too negative. It didn't portray, apparently, the team in the light with which they wanted. Why would this be anything other than the perfect way to set up an emerging team? It's the perfect way. Man, broadcasters like Harry Carey, I was watching a Cubs special on Carey the other day, and Ryan Sandberg was on, and they're like, yeah, we knew Harry was going to come after us if we screwed up, so we played better. We are the softest, most ridiculous society that there is. Other news, Richard Sherman, you just heard a little bit of it there. He is going to join for 80 to 100 dates. He's going to join Skip Bayless on Undisputed. He's going to replace Shannon Sharp. Let's hear when, when apparently Richard Sherman was second year in the league, only 24 years old, but apparently doing life much better than anybody in the world. Let's hear from Richard Sherman. That's what I leave it up to. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Skip can say whatever he wants, but Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address, address me as all pro Stanford graduate because those are some accomplishments you will never, you can aspire to, you will never accomplish. You have never accomplished anything. So... But um, those things are on my resume. Those are, those are what I've done. It's my second year in the NFL, going on my third. I mean, you tell me who's wrong. Okay, I, I'll accept that. I, I think I've accomplished more in my field than you have in yours, though you're just getting started. So, so I'm, I'm the top of my field. So I'm all pro. I'm the best, one okay. of the best 22 players in the NFL. You're, you're going to brush it off, but I don't think you're the best 22 anything in sports and in media and well, anything. I think you debatable. think more of yourself than you actually can, you know, prove. But okay. Do you think you're like better than Darrell like Revis is right now? In my, in my 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Okay. So let's, All right, that's let's fair. Get, let's get, right. let's get down right. well, to well, that let's, let's stay. Task. Let's not get personal here. Yeah, uh, he's better at life. Even though he acted like an idiot on air numerous times, I like Richard Sherman. I think he's going to bring... Interesting. I don't think Shannon Sharp brought anything interesting. I didn't. I know that he became, when he, when he left Skip, a much wanted, a much sought after guy. I don't think he brought nothing. Uh, last review the Colts, I've told you this for years and years and years now. I think it's going on seven years at the great overcorrection of the meanie Ryan Grigson to Chris Ballard has been a colossal failure. The Colts' record. Under Grigson, 53-34. The record under uh, Ballard is like, I don't know, 32-48-1 or something stupid. I mean, it's been a train wreck. Under Grigson, teams got to the AFC Championship. They did not get to the Super Bowl. Won division titles like it was their job. Had home playoff games. None of that. Literally none of that. None. Zero zip of that under Chris Ballard. Although Chris Ballard has been called by numerous people, including Fox, the best GM in the league. What a joke. We all, well, we all didn't know. The fawning media here didn't know. But here is a little bit from Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan played for the Colts, oh, a year, for a year. He's been involved with the Colts for 12 of these 18 months that he calls an absolute blank show. Now, look, I have told you this forever. I mean, it was a blank show. You know, it was a blank show of 18 months, basically, is the best way to describe it. But I think everyone in our family handled it well and came out of it stronger and in a really good spot. This is what I'm trying to tell you. 
Andrew Luck, I walked behind Oliver. He can say he didn't do it. He ain't telling the truth. He was pissed watching his son drop back. Nobody in the middle of the field. It was like a little league pattern. You two guys go deep. He stood there, got murdered. Next thing you know, Andrew Luck retired, quit. They replaced him. Philip Rivers, yay rah, Hall of Famer, gave him $25 million on a year contract. They wanted him back, went 11-5, and five, got to the playoffs, lost to the Bills in Buffalo because he couldn't throw the ball down the field. But anyway, they wanted him back. Rivers said, nah, I'll go coach my kids. They bring in Hall of Famer, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, man, we got Stephon Gilmore. He's the greatest leader I've ever seen. Greatest leader I've ever seen. I can't believe the leadership we're going to get out of this guy. Yeah, one year he wanted out. Desperately wanted out. Get me out of here. They traded him for a fifth-round pick to Dallas. Now comes Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan comes over. Reggie Wayne, the wannabe Hall of Famer who doesn't really coach. He's just kind of a front man on Twitter for the Colts. He says, I almost threw up. I almost threw up with how close Matt Ryan reminds me of Peyton Manning with his leadership, with his mannerisms, with his command. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Matt Ryan didn't even last a year. Matt Ryan did not even beat out Sam Ellinger. Matt Ryan got out of here as quick as Matt Ryan could. That's it. There's your Colts. This is what I have told you. This is what I have said. The Colts are a mess. Those of you on the little blogger world, you want to get mad at me? Good. Those of you in the little writer world, grow a pair and call it like you see it. Please. Honest to God. Jeez. Now you got Jonathan Taylor. Now you got Rodney Thomas Jr., safety for the Colts. His idiot father decides he's going to go shoot and kill a bald eagle in a neighborhood where this bald eagle had been there longer than this idiot. You don't do that. You don't shoot a bald eagle. I had a crazy hawk here. Crazy. It was hitting me in the head. It was hitting neighbors. I wasn't going to shoot it. Hawks are protected. It's every day. Seriously. It's every day. And then they signed Chris Lammons. Lammings. Lammons. Lammons. Douchebag. Whatever. This idiot, uh, along with Alvin Kamara, this Lemons guy, he jumps some dude in Vegas at the Pro Bowl. They beat the crap out of him. And this guy gets a couple game suspension. The world is insane. I like being positive, but I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Hey, Nancy Pelosi, she of the, well, I assume something weird happened here with the gay escort wielding a hammer into her house just months after her husband, Paul, uh, got a DUI that got covered up. But anyway, Nancy Pelosi calls Trump's indictments beautiful. This is one of our uniters. This is one of the women we got running our country. Yeah, it's beautiful. This, Pelosi, God bless you. God bless you. It says a Trump win in 2024 
would be like the world being on fire. She talked to New York Magazine. This old, decrepit, dried up, crazy person doesn't like him. I think she ought to worry about who her husband's stupid. I think she ought to worry about hammer-wielding maniacs. Oh, by the way, there's no video of it, huh? Oh, I guess there was video from the camera of the cops, but none from the house. Very odd. Very odd. Don't think of the world being on fire. It cannot happen or we will not be the United States of America. Why? Why? I mean, we're getting ready for another Trump indictment in Georgia. That ought to make Nancy Pelosi get a little bit, you know, you know what she gets. She gets a little tinkly down there when Trump gets indicted. Look at her, tearing it up. The great uniter. The, the, the party of inclusiveness. Yeah, all right. Uh, Brandon Staley's the coach of the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, whatever you want. He's a young guy. Latest in a group of young studs. He wants his team to resemble the Golden State Warriors. Well, then you better get the best shooter in the history of basketball, and you better make him the best quarterback in the history of football. Spend some time with Steve Kerr this spring when the Warriors were going through the play. Your best player represent your culture. In the NFL, who you pay represents your culture. Really? Is that right? Maybe. Who you pay represents your culture. Hmm. I guess. This is what I said about Megan Rapino. Victims, victims, no matter how much they're paid, cannot be leaders. They just can't be. They can't. If you're a victim, you can't be a leader. Period. No chance. Because nobody will follow you. People will, uh, hey, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But they ain't really following you. There's a difference between verbally saying you agree and actually following somebody. Megan Rapinoe probably was the highest paid. I mean, Nike's giving her money, right? All these different cap-like programs are giving her scratch. She's the gazda of the woke woman, the power lesbian, all that happy horse bleat, right? But she was no way going to be a leader. Brandon Staley's going to learn that. Brandon Staley's a young coach. He's trying he thinks he knows what he, he, what he knows, but he doesn't know what he doesn't know, and that leaders oftentimes kind of develop. Leaders aren't necessarily by who's paid the most. Leaders are by well, kind of an it factor. And I don't blame him for wanting his team to resemble the Golden State Warriors, but you better figure it out. It ain't the guys paid the most that are the leaders. It's just not. You think it is. But it's just not. He'll figure that out, I believe. I think he will. Maybe he won't. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. It's hard to say. Uh, Carson Wentz got weird the other day. I like Carson Wentz. He goes to my church. I go to two churches. I go to Catholic Church over here, St. Simon, and then I go to Trader's Point over on the uh, west side of town. But Carson Wentz goes there, and I like him. Seemed like a good family man. Carson Wentz showed up wearing a Colts helmet, Eagles shorts, commander shirt during an off-season workout. He's trying to find a team. He's trying to find a team, so he just put as a reminder to himself maybe, or maybe not. Maybe that's just all the gear that he had. 
But he tried to show, or, or he's trying to show the team that, you know what, he's ready to rock and roll. And trying to remind them that, you know what, thank you, Lee, that he, ladies and gentlemen, played in the league. But anyway, I hope Carson Wentz gets back in the league. You know what I mean? Wentz's getup, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for him. Let me put it that way. I, I feel bad. I do. I, I, I just feel bad. I don't know. Uh, Bill Simmons teed off on Alex Morgan. Remember when Alex Morgan was hot girl? Alex Morgan was uh, hot girl. She was the one that guys are like, oh, man, look at Alex Morgan. You know, while Rapino was, you know, the power lesbian, Alex Morgan was the guy that all, our girl that all the young girls, young guys, swooned over. Maybe girls too, I don't know. But Alex Morgan, I don't know why Bill Simmons is an expert on anything. I honestly don't. Wrote some interesting basketball books, but I don't know why Bill Simmons is an expert, but he is. If you take away the Thailand game in 19, she has scored two goals in the last 17 World Cup games. This is the striker. This is the one who's supposed to be the most dangerous player on the field, who's supposed to produce goals. Hasn't produced goals since the mid-2010s on a national level, and yet it's Alex Morgan. She was supposed to be the next one. We got to keep propping her up, pretending she's a superstar. She's not a superstar. And here's the deal with that. The deal with that is she was so bad, you know who Megan Rapino replaced? Alex Morgan. Yeah, true story. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. You know what? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, I'm shocked that we still love Alex Morgan. Yeah, is she cute? That's what guys were saying back then. Oh, man, she's a great soccer player. She's the next big thing. Yeah, and does squat. I'm telling you, this team, it is not a matter of disliking them for politics as the far left-leaning crazy people will have you believe. This team was unlikable because they didn't have anybody that was likable. Like, if Alex Morgan was going out and scoring goals, you know what? The team would have been likable. Because she at one point was likable, but there's nobody on that team. Rodman's daughter? I don't know. All we ever heard of was Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino, and they're not likable people anymore. Now, back in the day, at least Hope Solo, the crazy husband fighting, drunk driving, getting goaltender was interesting. She was. When she got arrested, I paid attention. She was hot. She was good. She was outspoken, and she was like 99% of the people in the United States. She was a little bit crazy. She liked to drink too much. She did stupid stuff. I can get behind that, but there was no hope solo. This woman, not any good anymore, talking smack. The other lady, crazy, uh, Megan Rapino, always angry, the power lesbian, drawing attention to herself. Which is cool. We all draw attention to ourselves. But damn. You got to be good. And she was awful. Uh, You can't. This is only interesting for one reason. I'll tell you what. Next year, Jimmy V Classic. 
UConn's playing North Carolina. That's okay, great. But Illinois is going to play Florida, Atlantic, and Dusty May. That's right. That's right. Florida Atlantic and Dusty May are taking on Illinois. That is a step up. That is significant because there would never be a time where Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic would never, ever be invited to anything like that. Anything. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. That's good. No, that's really good. To the victor goes the spoils. To the victor goes the spoils. Hey, uh, Porsche, you know, there used to be Porsche. There is no substitute. Remember that ad? That was in Tom Cruise's All the Right, not All the Right Moves. Was it All the Right Moves? What the hell was the movie where, no, it wasn't All the Right Moves. What was the movie where Tom Cruise sang and he had hookers in the house when his parents were away? The hell was that? Risky business. That's what it was. Portia, there is no substitute. Well, there is a substitute, apparently. I don't know. There's a statue of Jesus Christ in Lisbon. And he's on top of, well, it's a statue. So he's on top of this big thing. It's a big statue. You can see it right there. On the left is the ad. On the right is the statue. So apparently, Portia didn't want a statue of Jesus Christ in their ads. I Doesn't it make you wonder like how many ads are edited in certain ways or how many things that we see on TV are edited? Like why wouldn't you want a statue of Jesus Christ in your ad? That might be good karma. That might be I. Well, you know, uh, we don't want it. We, we don't want it. Oh, okay. Well, why not? This is like the Cristo Rey Cross River, and it overlooks downtown Lisbon. If you're going to go to Lisbon and you're going to make an ad, this is like, I don't know, going to San Francisco and not using the Golden Gate Bridge. It is. Going to Chicago and not using Wrigley Field or Sears Tower. It is. Why do we have to do these things? Why? Why, 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 why? It's absurd to me. Man, I don't know. You guys, you guys can get mad. You guys can get mad all you'd like at religion. But boy, I know this. When you need it, a lot of you are bending your knee, right? A lot of you are like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh-oh. 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 We got a Northwestern cheerleader. She had filed a suit, alleged sexual exploitation, caused the school hazing, a lot of platitudes. I'm telling you. Now, this lady, she had filed suit a year ago. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, this stuff is not going well. This stuff is not going the way that they, they being Northwestern, wants it to go. This is not ending. This is not ending. This will not end well at all. Not even a little. Not even sorta. Not even kinda. Not even maybe. Not even maybe. I'm just saying. Uh Uh-oh. 
Did the deep state get us again on YouTube? I don't know. I'm hearing. Anyway, that's the deal. Don't freaking mess with Northwestern. You're screwing this up. Northwestern, don't do it. All right. Man, I Northwestern, you got a, such a problem. Northwestern has the kind of problem that, frankly, nobody wants because it's not going to stop, period. It's not stopping. Not even a little bit. You can't make this stop. Cheerleaders, football players, baseball players, man, just pray that your school, pray that your school is not going to be involved. Mm. Angel Reese, remember Angel Reese? Angel Reese has made millions. She is the new poster child. She is. She's the poster child for NIL. She's the poster child for NIL because she won. I'm all in on winning. Winning good. Winning real good. Losing bad. Winning makes you get stuff. Losing makes you lose stuff. Guess what? Guess what? She's been spending a lot of money. Guess what she's been doing? Not only has she been spending a lot of money, but guess what else? She's been spending it on herself. Good for her. I'm not mad at you, Angel. I'm not mad at you even a little bit. Hey, the WNBA is looking to expand. Do you care? I don't. Commissioner Caskill Engelbert is trying to piggyback on the Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese stuff from college and looking to expand. Good for her. You should always be looking to push up your league. Yeah. ACC, ACC's trying to get, trying to get Stanford and Cal. That makes sense. The ACC has always considered it academically a little bit above. Now, I don't know why Florida State or how Florida State fits in there. Frankly, I really don't know. And I know we're supposed to know that Wake Forest is a really good school. I suppose they are. I really don't know. But anyway, a lot of those schools are. UVA, great school. Duke, North Carolina, fantastic school. I assume Wake is it well. North Carolina State, if you want to go be a farmer, there's where you go. Period. But the fact of the matter is this. Cal... Needs a place. Stanford needs a place. Pac-12 women are mad. Pac-12 softball players are talking about leaving because of the travel and the mental health aspect of the travel, and I don't blame them. But I got to tell you, if I'm Cal, I'm going to the ACC. If I'm Stanford, I'm going to the ACC. And if softball, baseball, they want to get mad, get mad. You don't want to play, don't play. But as long as football is taken care of, you'll be just fine. The NCAA should really, or or football should really break away. Football should be its own separate entity, and these schools should go back to the conferences that they were originally in if we really wanted to do this right. But that's not what we do. We don't do it that way. For some reason, we got to make softball players from Syracuse travel all the way to Cal or whatever. USC travel all the way to Rutgers. Now, I'm going to assume that this will all be straightened out. I'm not sure, but I assume that it will be. Hey, uh, Clay Thompson is sad to see Jordan Poole go. Calls him his little bro. I can see it. Then you shouldn't have had that cheap-shotting dumbass Draymond Green smack him. 
Shouldn't have happened. Adam Carolla is one of my favorites. We're going to have Adam on. I love Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, when they were on together, what was it called? Love Line? I watched it. This is going way back. I watched it and I liked it. I do. I, I liked it a lot. Anyway. All right, we'll be right back. Adam Carolla joins us. I can't wait. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know them, you love them, you watch them, you listen to them, you podcast with them, uh, you bleed with them. It is, he is, ladies and gentlemen, the great Adam Carolla. I remember you, Dr. Drew, man. Loveline uh, was just absolutely must-see TV back in the day. I loved it. Been a fan of yours ever since. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Adam, you are a comedian. You are a podcast. You're a lot of different things, but you have a real love of sports. Where'd that come from? You know, I was a really bad student when I was a kid, and I was a really good athlete when I was a kid. So I just sort of gravitated toward what I was good at. And, you know, my family was kind of poor, and we were sort of downtrodden and I wasn't good at anything, but I was a really good athlete when I was a kid. And it, it, it was like a life preserver for me. It was like, there's one thing that I'm good at and there's one thing that makes me happy. And there's one thing that makes me hopeful. And that was uh, athletic. So I just kind of dove on, you, you know, I, I grabbed it like it was a life preserver. You know, it's interesting. I, I got into athletics for the exact same reason. My parents were teachers. I didn't like school. And frankly, I thought the cheerleaders were hot. So I practiced a lot because I wanted to date one. That is a true story and ended up getting me a scholarship. So everybody does it for a different reason, right? Yeah, I, uh, I got scholarship offers, but uh, unfortunately just went from high school to a construction site. And that was about it for me in athletics. When you named, let me see if I have this right. Uh, Lakers is your middle name, or is it just the middle name on your driver's license? I assume they have to be the same. It's on my driver's license. It's on every official document I own, but it's not my middle name. I don't have a middle name, so I just wrote it in. 
when I was at the DMV when I was like 23. Just <clears throat> I think the Lakers were in the middle of one of their, you know, big 80s winning time runs, you know, and I was just getting my license renewed and I just I just wrote it because I don't have a middle name and you can write in whatever you want. <laughs> the DMV doesn't check. I guess if you have a middle name, you can't do it. But if you don't have a middle name, there's just a blank space sitting there and it's just begging to be filled in. So I just wrote it and handed the paperwork in. And now it's on, you know, my mortgage and lease and every DMV document, every bank document, every contract. That's what it says. So when, you know, I, I just filled out some stuff. I just bought a house and I had to fill out my le- my my legal name. But it also says, as appears on your driver's license, I did not know that the two may not be the same. I don't know if my two are the same or they're certainly not the same. But at this point, I, you know, I'm just going with it because it'd be more work to undo it. Hey, when you uh, when you named it Lakers, have you watched Winning Time? Have you watched the HBO series? Uh, season two just started the other day. If so, what'd you think? I haven't seen season two's first episode yet. Uh, I did watch season one. As a guy who's from L.A. and a guy who kind of lived through that era in L.A., I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it, you know, it's pretty stylized and over the top. And, you know, I'd, I'd be pissed off if I was Jerry West. But it's to me, it's a fun watch. When you go to Laker games, is it Velvet Rope sitting next to Diane Cannon, Jack Nicholson? Is it Bottle Service? I mean, what's it like when Adam Carolla, America's biggest podcaster, shows up in Staples? Uh, it's, uh, I would call it Bedlam or maybe Pandemonium yeah. is a better, better adjective. Yeah. Um, I rarely go to uh, Lakers games. I went to, I think I took my son and his friends to maybe Kobe's last game. No, it wasn't Kobe's last game. It was it was the memorial. It was like the one year anniversary of his death and um, sat in seats, not not courtside, but I had a dude in front of me with the biggest afro I've ever seen in my life, and I literally couldn't see around this guy's head. It was a massive globe of an afro, and so I I, I pretty much just sat there and stared up at the you know scoreboard the entire time. So I've only been to I've probably been to five Laker games in my life. A big fan. I would, my next question was going to be the, the 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 party looked like it was in the Laker Forum Room or wherever Jerry Buss hang out. I had just assumed, given your celebrity, that you had been in there. Get, get, I, you, you know, you seem like the kind of guy that all these guys would like to hang out with. Uh, well, I'll tell you, the one time I sat on the floor was. Um, with uh, the late, great Norm Pattis. Now, he's a guy who was like kind of an honorary Laker. He started Westwood One Radio Syndicators and then Podcast One. And he invited me and Bill O'Reilly to sit on the floor with him, which I was a, I was a little bit uncomfortable about. I was a little uncomfortable because I just thought um, 
I don't know. I didn't like all these eyeballs on me. But later on, I did Bill O'Reilly's show. And Bill said to me, what was it like, Corolla, sitting there in Los Angeles with all your hipster comedy buddies looking at you sitting down on the floor with Bill O'Reilly? What'd you tell him? And I said, uh, I just told him I was there with my dad. And he got a big laugh out of it. Why did you start podcasting really before anybody else? 2009, you got it going. Maybe I missed something being here in Indianapolis, but I feel like that was as early as any for the term podcast. It was certainly amongst the earlier podcasts. Um, I got fired from my radio job and I knew we had a lot of listeners listening on the internet. I was essentially podcasting when I was doing my radio show because people were listening to it on the computer who were in uh, cities I wasn't syndicated in. And so they kept giving me these updates every every month. They'd go, you had 19 million minutes of streaming last month or something. And I was second only to the fan in New York who carries the the the. Uh, Yankees. And and I was like, oh, that's that's cool. That's got to be worth something. And they were the radio guys were always like, it's not worth anything. So don't worry about it. And I was like, well, it sounds like something to me. So the second I left the radio, I just began podcasting. But it was really just to stay connected with the people who are listening. You know, I just said, look, if, if you're going to miss me and not all you will, but some of you will, then you can hear me every day talking i'll be sitting in my office doing a podcast for an hour and that's just how it started there was no advertising model there, there wasn't any in, income or revenue it was just sit at home and talk for an hour once a day just just to kind of stay connected with the fans well, why did you get fired from your radio job the format flipped it wasn't them firing me specifically. Um, it, they just changed the entire format from talk to, I, I, don't, I don't even know, smooth jazz or whatever, but it was a format change. Were you and Dr. Drew friends before Loveline? How, how did that come together? No, we weren't friends before Loveline. We knew each other sort of from a cursory standpoint from being on K-Rock Radio in Los Angeles. I was doing some morning show stuff. He was doing Loveline. He, he was a fan of my comedy. He used to listen to the mornings. I, I did a Saturday home improvement show. He would listen to it, and so he liked it. I was a fan of Loveline because I grew up in L.A., and it was a fixture on the radio. So I never knew. I thought I knew him just because I listened to him for so long on the radio, listening to Loveline. But he didn't really know me, but he thought I was funny. And the second I got the job hosting Loveline on the radio, we just became fast friends. How much do you balance politics and comedy? I know you have a, uh, a comedy fantasy camp coming up that I want to talk about, but how... how how has comedy changed, I guess, is a better question, relative to politics? We seem so sensitive. Yeah, people got really sensitive, and I think they got sort of hyped 
hypersensitive and sort of even almost weaponized, uh, especially when Trump got elected. So everyone got really agitated and especially everyone in Hollywood got because they're all narcissists and Trump brought out the sort of anyone who was a narcissist had a crazed reaction to Trump. Uh, the people I know who are narcissists had a, this horrible reaction to Trump and the people I know who aren't narcissists didn't have that reaction whether they agreed with his policies or liked him or anything, they just didn't have the reaction because only it's really the true narcissist that has that you're affecting me sort of agitation. So I, there's a lot of narcissists in Hollywood. And so Hollywood really got like agitated and weaponized. And then COVID came out and they just sort of took it to the next level. So people got very, it was like it was like a, somebody threw a rock at a beehive or something. Everyone was just agitated. It was like COVID agitated, Trump agitated. You know, now that COVID has kind of waned and Trump is whatever, they've they've sort of slowed their roll a little bit. But it was it was palpable, and a lot of comedians who turned out to be cowards just caved into all of it, which was really sad. Do you ever catch pressure? Because you're not, I mean, I, you know, you've been very, you've been vocal going through your Twitter about Leah Thomas not being able to compete. You're happy about that. There's a famous scene, I don't know if it's famous, but it's a scene that I thought was really funny and curb your enthusiasm where Larry wears a MAGA hat in Hollywood so that nobody sits with him, so nobody will hang with him. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, how true is that scene? And uh, do you catch backlash? Because, you know, you, you seem to be in the middle. You seem to be common sense, moderate, I guess. I don't know the right word. Uh, yeah, I mean, I probably lost a couple of friendships, but only with narcissists. So remember, not with not with decent, regular people. And uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a climate. It's it's real. It, it affects things. And so you have to kind of make a choice. Do you want to say what you want to say or do you want to go along and get along? And, you know, it's 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 no different than sports. You know what I mean? When Ronnie Lott would come across the middle or Donnie Shell or Case or any of these guys, they just lay out, you know, and you know, head first, it, like a rocket ship. And now people are making business decisions. I mean, they make, you know, they're making business decisions in boxing. You know, it used to be fine, you know, get, get Roberto Durant, get Sugar Ray Leonard, get Marvin Hagler, get Thomas Hearns, and let's just have a bloodbath. Now people are kind of making business decisions. You know what I mean? And comedians and Hollywood guys, they make business decisions too. And that's kind of what we're seeing. I think comedians used to lay out and just go in and try to blow somebody up. And now everyone's making business decisions. In comedy, who do you respect? Who do you who do you like? Uh, like as a pure comedian, I think Bill Burr is is a super funny, just sort of pure comedian. I mean, there's a lot of comedians I think are are really funny. You may not, your audience may not know some of the names just because I'm, I'm in a little deeper, but, uh, I, I like anyone who sort of tells it like it is. I don't really like comedians that are, you know, too politically correct. 
Like, I watch Burr like it's my job, and I watch Andrew Schultz like it's my job. You know what I mean? Like, if, they're, if, I, if I come across something with them, I'm watching. Yeah, Andrew Schultz is, is funny. There, there's, a, there's a fair number of, of comedians who aren't or didn't kind of go along to get along or make business decisions, and it's actually helping their business. Hey, let's talk about the comedy fantasy camp. What is that about? Um, well, the guy who started the rock and roll fantasy camp is a friend and I was speaking to him about it and he's been doing it for like 25 years and it's been a huge success. And so at some point I just said, what about comedy fantasy camp? You just take the same, the exact same template and just apply it to comedians or people who want to get into comedy and want to know about comedy versus rock and roll. So we got some great stand-ups. We got Jay Leno and Alonzo Bowden and Harlan Williams. And, and then we have a bunch of behind the scenes people, people that created sitcoms and were showrunners for sitcoms and writers and all that. We just put it all together and just applied the exact same template for rock and roll fantasy camp to comedy. So what, what would a day be like? What, what would a day, if I go to comedy fantasy camp, what's a day? What do I do? Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at my dog. Um, well, it depends. If you want to do stand-up, do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be a showrunner? You know, we'd have to figure out, you want to be sort of behind the scenes person and like make your way into a late night show's writer's room or you want to develop a sitcom. Or do you want to just do straight stand-up? So it would sort of break it off, you know, to use a sports analogy. It'd be like, what's a day in football practice like? Well, are you a quarterback? Are you a skilled position guy? Are you an interior lineman? Like, you tell me. We may be pushing a sled. If I want to be a stand-up comedian, what would a day right there with Jay Leno, Adam Carolla, and many more comedy fantasy kids, what would that be like? Well, you'd come out, we'd look at your act, and we would end it with a show at the Improv, by the way. So you'll you'll get up, you'll do your act in front of an audience, and we will be, be offering constructive criticism. How many times have you bombed on stage? Or maybe you haven't. Nine times. You remember everyone? I don't remember number seven. I remember every loss as a coach. I don't remember any damn wins, but I can no, tell you about no. the damn losses. That's right? how, I mean, that's, that's how the every, way the world works. That's how every athlete, every coach, everyone has ever played organized sports. That's how they think. I would think the same way. Now, what, that's the reason I asked you about bombing, because I, I, I'm curious whether or not, you know, comedians, guys that do that, it's an incredibly difficult job. Uh I did it one night at a charity event, and I'm like, yeah, I ain't doing this stuff. And I got home at 3 in the freaking morning on top of it, and I couldn't do it. But as I always wonder, like, does a comedian, like, does he remember that more than he remembers, man, I killed it at the improv? Well, I remember eight of the nine. That's, that's all I got. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. All right. All right. I got gotcha. you. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, Adam. Uh, thank you. Big fan going back to the day. And uh, comedy fantasy camp seems like a blast for a lot of people.
Yeah, I think you go to comedyfantasycamp.com and you can find out all the info there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, we got it up. We uh, we appreciate you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Appreciate there it. There it is. There you go. Uh, go to comedyfantasycamp.com. Looks like an absolute blast, and you get to do a show at the Improv. You kill it? You kidding me? I mean, what the hell? I mean, Adam Carolla and uh, Dr. Drew were absolutely fantastic. All right. We are woken and we are doping, people. What do we got? Let's have a look. An evil man will burn his own nation to the ground to rule over the ashes. I'm doing that. Boy, is that true. Sun Tzu, The Art of War, is one of the great books. One of the great, great, great books. It is. If you want to know how to compete, war, business, you name it, this is the book. An evil man will burn his own nation to the ground to rule over the ashes. And it is impossible for anybody to say anything different than what Joe Biden is doing. It's like the disease Munchausen by proxy where parents hurt their children and then act as the hero to save that child. Get all the attention, get all the glory from being a hero. It's an evil disease to have. It's an evil way of going about life, but so is doing what Joe, Hunter, Jill, and the rest of the Biden crime family is doing to our nation. That is pretty good. That, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what's going on with the Biden crime family. All right, what's next? Oh, Wokies. Ah, uh, Wokies instead of Wheaties. Man, back in the day, it was a badge of honor to be on the Wheaties box. I don't think it's ever been an honor to be honored by ESPN as, for their Courage Award. I don't think that's ever been a true honor. Maybe it has. Maybe I'm missing some people of real valor, of real courage. But I must say, being on a Wheaties box or being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, man, that's what every athlete aspired to. I always said, I just want to be mentioned in Sports Illustrated. I did. I just want to be mentioned. And I got that a couple, three times. I figure I'll never be on the cover. And I don't think the cover even matters anymore. It used to. But now, like most magazines, it's gone away. But Wheaties, man, that was the breakfast of champions. I can still remember Muhammad Ali on a box of Wheaties. I can still remember Bruce Jenner. I guess it was with his left hand and a flag on a box of Wheaties. Now we got Wokies. And there she is, ladies and gentlemen, the face of unlikable woke dub. If you don't know who that gorgeous gal is, it's Megan Rapino and her purple hair. Because look at me, people. Look at me. Remember this, and I know a lot of you guys heard me say it yesterday, and a lot of you guys heard me say it on Laura Ingram last night. You can't lead if you're a victim. You can't do it. Victims don't get followers. Victims get fake followers. Victims get other victims. And victims don't win you squat. Wokies, baby, go out and get yourself a box today. Megan Rapino will even sign it for you. She'll sign it, I hate America. 
right, what's next? Man, I got old face right there. I don't like old face. Greetings, Earth. Our planet desperately needs four billion in foreign aid, says alien commander who looks suspiciously like Zelensky in a spirit holiday mask. Probably should have sent this to the fellas, but did you see the videos? Did you see the videos of the beaches in the Ukraine? Did you see the videos of the nightclubs in the Ukraine where kids are just partying? They're supposed to be in war. We're sending them billions and billions, and all you see is really white on white on white people partying in bathing suits, bikinis at the beach. You don't even see any war. Give them $40 billion. Build that nightclub better, Zelensky. Get a better golf course out there. Host the World Cup for crying out loud. Get the damn Ryder Cup out there, Zelensky. Let's go. We're giving you billions to fight a war on the shore, which apparently is done in bikinis and Speedos. Hey, on a serious note, I hope you guys got this. We're going to show this. There's a mother of a soldier who died in the Afghanistan pullout. And, well, frankly, Joe Biden could not have lied more to a mother of a soldier that died because of the botched withdrawal in Afghanistan. The mother had a chance to speak to our crooked, lying president. Here's what happened. When Joe Biden... Our elected president entered the room. When he approached me, his words to me were, my my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a fog-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. about that? I mean, a man cannot tell the truth. And those of you that still want to defend Joe Biden, good for you, man. You are defending the worst human being that's ever sat in as a president. Jimmy Carter was a terrible president. Jimmy Carter introduced inflation and gas lines, gas shortages, the Ayatollah Khomeini hostages. But by all accounts, Jimmy Carter, pretty good person. This is the worst human being we've ever had in the White House. And I always do this. If you're going to lie and constantly lie, I lose respect. And once I lose respect, I cannot stop talking about you. That's why I can't stop on Greg Doyle, because he's a liar and I've lost respect for him. So I can't stop making fun of him. It's just who I am. I have no respect for Joe Biden. I have none. Joe Biden cannot tell the truth. Everything out of the man's mouth is a lie. And the only defense that anybody has is, yeah, but Trump. I don't care about Trump. I'm talking about Joe Biden. He's our president. He's been president long enough. And all he does is lie. Walking up to a military mother and lying about how your son died. Maybe Joe Biden's son got cancer from being overseas and fighting in a war. Maybe, but it's nothing been proven. What I got to do is read a little bit. But yet this man, this president, decided to make it about himself. He decided to make it about him. And he lied. Lied. I'm just telling you. Awful. Evil. Evil man will burn down his own city so he can rule over the ashes. And those of you that are defending him, shame on you. Shame on you. 
Uh, YouTube went down. It'll be back up tomorrow. Uh, I apologize for that. Hope you keep sticking with us. These shows have been terrific. Adam Carolla, terrific. Everything's terrific today. I hope you have a great afternoon. Hey, if you see a video we should put on our show, don't hesitate. We got the best fans on YouTube. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Uh, I need the Cubs to beat the Mets. See you.